What's up, everybody? Welcome to The State of Wild, episode 49, a regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name is Meowth, and as usual, I'm joined by my two good friends and co-hosts, Raffle and Corbett. How are you guys doing tonight, friends? Doing great. I'm excited to talk about some pretty exciting news for the wild format. How about you, Corb? Uh, I'm feeling fantastic. I got my first haircut uh, in nearly a year, and it was much needed. And that, I'm feeling like that's the really big news of the week for me, I think. There's nothing really uh, that can trump that for me so far. Yeah, nothing else important happened this week other than Corbett got a haircut. Literally, yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's really weird looking at you and not having, like, hair in your eyes and, like, watching you yeah, mess it, with your hair all... <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. we can all agree that this is big news for all of us. Yeah. Like, exactly, yeah. And it's definitely what we should lead the show with, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. But yeah, Raffle hinted at some pretty big stuff, but before we get into all that, we do have a couple of housekeeping things to uh, to take care of first. Uh, the first thing, obviously, very small thing, if you guys enjoy our content, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any podcast distributors, it's a very small thing, but it does actually support us a ton. Yeah, you can also support us on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash stateofwild, and I'd like to do a quick shout out for some of our newest patrons at the epic tier we have juicy toaster atrov rocky turtle boy and raffle stomp and then our newest legendary patron is a johnny clum and guys uh as patrons you can always link your patreon and discord when you come over to the podcast community discord that is open though to everyone the podcast server for the state of wild um just opened up last week so get in while it's hot get in um it's been a lot of fun like having a whole bunch of new faces being able to talk to everyone that's you know listening to the show and all that kind of stuff and discuss all the goings on of uh wild hearthstone and you know just life in general i guess yeah and the last thing that we want to talk about um this is a little bit of a personal thing but i wanted to shout it out because i feel like a lot of you guys might be interested i'm actually hosting a huge wild tournament um free to enter next weekend on the 19th uh with a 600 dollar prize pool put on by community gaming so shout outs to them for helping Ooh. me out with this um but yeah Free to play, huge tournament. I know the wild scene is always lacking in comp- competitive events, right? We don't have masters tours and qualifiers every day to uh, to look forward to. So if you guys are interested, regardless of your skill level uh, or anything like that, make sure you guys check it out. The link to that will be down in the description. It is again free to enter. All you have to do, I think, is you win five games, you're in the money, and if you win six, you're the grand champion, right? So make sure you guys check that out if you're interested. Uh, and if you're not and you just want to watch, that'll be streamed over on my twitch channel with these two lovely guys here helping me co-cast uh this tournament uh, i'm really really looking forward to that so all the housekeeping stuff out of the way uh let's get into the big news we had some pretty kind of groundbreaking news this week uh hearthstone history if i say so uh we had our first ban ever in hearthstone history we we saw stealer of souls banned in the wild format so uh this is something that we brought up last week uh, as like a possibility if they didn't want to do these other things. On Friday, right, Friday afternoon, I'm we good. saw this announcement from the Play Hearthstone website, our Twitter account. We'll be banning Stealer of Souls and Wild in a small update next week. Stealer of Souls will still be playable in other formats and will be eligible for a full dust refund for two weeks after the change goes live. Uh, and it'll be going live next Wednesday. And then Alec followed up with a, uh, a follow-up tweet, kind of clarifying the process of a ban. Uh, stating that the current plan is to adjust the card at the point in time and remove the ban. So basically, once Stealer of Souls rotates from Standard to Wild, they'll reevaluate the card, see if it needs to remain banned, or if they need to adjust it and unban it. And if any adjustments happen to Stealer of Souls before that, example, if it needs to get nerfed because of Standard, 
they'll reevaluate its inclusion in Wild post nerf. Uh, so yeah, first ever ban, Steeler Souls gets that infamous infamous mark, you know, in Hearthstone history. Uh, I mean, just first off, reactions uh, to the to the big announcement. I'm personally excited. I mean, we kind of alluded to this as a possibility, but it was under the context of it being a bit of a long shot, right? Like we mm-hmm. we kind of had it as a wish list rather than well, this is probably what'll happen, and it ended up happening, and then like. I've been thinking a lot about this. We talked last week at length about possible changes to the cards and some of the consequences of those changes to the cards. And really, the agreement that we came to is there was no agreement on how to fix this card without like <laughs> either you know changing underlying Hearthstone mechanics, which I'm always a little bit hesitant to do, just because like, I mean that's seven years of established rules, um, or like absolutely neutering the card to the point where it's unplayable and standard which is effectively deleting it or banning it anyway. Like, the same outcome ends up being that nobody plays the card. So, um, in general, I think this is a a good thing. Um, It does a few things. It uh, Obviously, (laughs) it solves some of the uh, the, the unhealthy playstyles that were prevalent for the past week or so in the wild format. It keeps the card um, intact for standard and other formats, which... Uh, you know, independently, Steel of Souls is a pretty cool card. I like it. Shouldn't be punished for the the sins of Wild and the you know the broad card card pool that's available in in the Wild format. So I I feel like a ban is the cleanest, simplest solution to uh, a card that is problematic in exactly one format. I also like the idea of revisiting the card when it rotates, as well as if any future changes come out. So realistically, this isn't this isn't a permanent ban for the card. Um, we lose the card for about a year and a half or so until rotation happens, and then realistically, we'll probably get a new version of it that doesn't uh, completely ruin the format for a while. So I, I think it's I think it's a good thing. Yeah, um, I've been hearing the, you know, the ban suggestion uh, more recently. Like, I know it's probably been out there for a very long time, but I think, like, Martian posted on Twitter uh, a bit, and I saw him talking about the ban list potential. Um, and then, you know, like, Ruffle and, like, we all, we all talked about it, and Ruffle talked about it in depth on last week's episode. Um, and the more, like, I thought about it, you know, I came away from the show, and I was doing streams, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, this is the thing that definitely makes the most sense. Like, this is the most logical move to me. I just don't know if they'll do it. <laughs> and then they ended up doing it. Um, and so I think this is probably the biggest change up for Wild since, like, opening up the option of reverting nerfs in general. So, like, Raza and things like that. This is that level of shakeup for the format moving forward. Um, and it's great. Like, this makes sense. Happy they're doing it. Has really, really important long-term ramifications. And I realize there are some downsides for people but i think it greatly 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 is outweighed by all the benefits that we get out of this i mean let's talk about those long-term ramifications a little bit like just to to clarify for a lot of people because when i saw this announcement the amount of kind of backlash to it that i saw in in discords and twitters and reddit was kind of insane um bands don't replace nerfs i think is the big thing that people need to take away from this if there's a card in standard that is still, you know, doing dumb things in standard and in wild, it is very reasonable that we might see a nerf to that card. For example, first day of school, right? 
if it was still oppressive and standard at one mana at three and it was still doing broken things in wild we could have seen a nerf right it wasn't because of wild i think we saw that first day of school nerf but that's just like an example if there's like a wild specific card that is doing dumb broken things i don't think you're going to see a ban to that card i think you'll see a nerf to that card right i think the big thing is that when you have a wild specific card and you nerf it you're not making making it completely unplayable in other formats right like what you would be doing to stealer of souls if you nerf that card um yeah you would be making it unplayable this doesn't replace nerfs this replaces a very specific nerf which is you know like a card that is problematic in wild and while still being at standard so the most recent and i think only other example of this is really darkler Mm -hmm. um that i can think of where you know if they had have gone back in time and you know had this in mind a ban list they could have easily just banned dark lair and wild and kept it at three mana um dark lair might have still ended up being a problem in standard because zoo was very good and dark lair is kind of insane but they could have always revised that this revise uh re- revised that decision at some point later and eventually done the nerf because you know it's a digital card game that's some of the absolute benefits that you have in this mm. sort, of, sort of flexible environment no, I think that um, the understanding the context of why a ban was chosen for this specific case is important for setting your expectations moving forward. Because, like, the expectation isn't see broken card, ask for ban. The, or shouldn't be, at least. Like, you yeah. shouldn't be mentally or quite literally setting up a ban wish list right now with uh, cards that don't fit the same context as uh, as a Stealer of Souls, because that's it's not going to happen. There's no reason, like Meow said, for a card that is wild exclusive to get banned from the format. You're not going to lose Lothab completely when like, a change to Lothab doesn't impact other formats like a change to Steel or Souls would. So we could just see a change to Lothab. We could see a change to Sorcerer's Apprentice. We don't need to delete those cards that have some nostalgia attached to them, and it would be a bummer to lose them. Like... That's part of the reason why a card like Plot Twist wasn't changed for the sake of Steeler Souls is because we'd lose the you know the the nostalgia attached to Plot Twist and like the interactions that it has with other cards that aren't problematic. So like the, I think understanding when and why a card is banned uh, is important for setting expectations moving forward. What this allows for is it gives the design team the fr- more freedom to take risks in the cards that they release with a solution in place if that happens to break an interaction that um that that's in wild with eternal formats as the card pool expands there are going to be more and more interactions like these that couldn't be predicted uh given the timeline of the the content schedule that they're at right now so we can't ask them not to miss these things they're they're human they're going to miss things they're not going they're going to release cards for standard that are going to break wild what we can ask for and expect, and we now have precedent for, is a timely response to those cards um, in the way of something like a ban or in the case of, um, you know, Hysteria rework with that. So, like, that's the expectation that I think we need to have, that if something gets printed for standard and it breaks wild, that we can get now a timely resolution to that rather than having to, um, you, you know, just suck it up and wait for... A nerf and then have you know standard people unhappy that you know the card that was perfectly fine in their format is now you know ruined i think the uh the expectation setting is important because this is a unique case a specific context and we shouldn't just because this happened expect more bans especially 
you know, looking back in hindsight to cards that uh, currently exist, especially those only in the wild format. Yeah, I think the, that's a big thing. We should not expect any cards that are already released to be banned. I, I think that's something that a lot of people... Like, I see ban wish lists on Twitter and Reddit, and I'm just like, eh, don't know about that one. You know, don't don't think any of the cards on there are looking to get banned. Um, I do want to have a little bit of this conversation, though. A lot of people were asking, like, why not just give us different versions of cards, right, rather than a straight-up ban? And we talked about this last week, but I do want to bring it back up and, and clarify it again. Um, I feel like a lot of the people that listen to the podcast or are on Twitter or on Reddit are much more engaged with the format than they're willing to admit, right? You're going out of your way to consume content. Um, and I know, Rafa, you probably experience this a lot more than I do, but I still have people that come into my chat wondering, wait, I thought they unnerved Leroy to four mana, right? Because of Classic. And I just think that when you have different versions of cards, you're going to be kind of cutting off such a significant portion of the casual player base just because oh my god, everything is different, I don't know what this card is, I thought this card was 6 mana and said it's 5, or I, I I don't think that that's the smart move to go, and so that's why I'm a big fan of the ban announcement, I don't know if you guys Ruffle, you probably kind of agree with me I know we talked a little bit about this last week, but I am aggressively opposed to multiple versions of the same card, especially in two constructed formats like wild and standard that um you know have overlap between them like classic it's less of a concern because like there's the understanding that these are the unnerved versions of the cards but um i just today had somebody suggesting i play around elisiana in my opponent's odd warrior deck like uh, changing cards and having multiple versions of the same cards over the course of time um is already difficult enough. Having those different versions of the cards operating simultaneously is just not uh, like a reasonable expectation for your more casual player base. And I think it has the downside of also making the wild format a little bit like less approachable because you are more familiar with the standard or typical version of that card. You get into wild and that card's now different. Well, why like that that and also like even from a thematic point of view as a card game player why is this the same card if it's different like in these different formats as well so there there are a lot of things that like i i really do not like the concept of um having multiple versions of the the same card for you know all of those reasons that are listed and just like i don't see the the benefit to that if just give it an if you're going to do that i would say maybe just give it a new name some new art and um make it wild exclusive and that's maybe fine but like having multiple like like we did with a uh, bluegill and um stone tusk war like that that would maybe be more of a solution but like i still don't feel like that's necessary or um you know, if you're going to nerf a card to the point where it's unplayable in the case of Stealer Souls and then make a new wild specific version of that, if it's not being played, how is that different than banning the card if you just like outright neutered it? So like, what is the material difference between those two things, between banning a card and nerfing it to the point where it no longer does the thing that it used to do? Yeah, I think that's my big thing. Like if you're going to have a wild exclusive card and you're changing how it functions and make it unplayable why not just ban it, right? Like, I guess that's my point with that, because that just makes it unnecessarily confusing for standard players that want to come back to Wild anyways. Um, yeah. 
I don't know, Corbett, I saw I saw a look on your face. Do you disagree? <laughs> oh, no, like, I, I think, not even from a casual perspective, like, as me, just me, I don't want, like, multiple versions of cards at all. I think this, like Ruffle said, something inherently sort of weird and wrong <laughs> about, like, the same card having multiple versions across different game modes, because it's then not really the same card. Um, this feels really weird to me. I also think there's probably, like, some design uh, issues and things like that that could come up when you have, like, multiple cards to design around in the two different formats. Like, the, the fact that cards could interact differently with certain other things feels like it might things even make make things even more difficult from the design perspective um this is a, like a minor thing for for example they pick a they make like a new synergy card that works really well with like a two mana apprentice but they balance it around a three mana apprentice or something like that assuming there were different versions but yeah just i, I just don't like the different version idea i like the ban list i think it's a lot simpler i think it's a lot cleaner um and i don't think we functionally lose out on anything really yeah, and, um, by making that change and like you know if about a year from now we'll have that uh watered down version of steeler souls anyway so like long term we end up with that wild specific con uh copy of the card anyway but you know maybe taken or considering the the format a little bit more than um you know it was when it was initially really so like that's the that's the end point anyway. Uh, but having those things live simultaneously, I think, is the what I have a concern with. I'm not opposed to changing cards because it is a digital card game. Having those copies uh, or having two different versions of the same card live simultaneously is just not something that I would like to have, uh, both for me and for uh, the, the more casual player base that maybe isn't listening to this podcast or isn't reading Twitter or Reddit every day. Alright, I think we're all in agreement about the ban. I do I do want to pose a couple of cons just to, to kind of think about. Um, I mean, I think the first one we pointed out again last week is that it does now feel like we only had 34 cards that were revealed with a mini set now because we had one of them banned. Um, we at least got to play with one of them, right? Before it got banned for like a week and a half. But I it, it does raise the question of, okay... What if they go in and they start designing cards and they say, okay, I'm going to preemptively ban this card in wild, right? Like, I know this is going to be broken in wild. It's going to be banned. And so in future sets, we might have one or two fewer cards to play with. I know this is me playing devil's advocate to, to a ban. <laughs> um, it, I don't think that that's a valid concern, but it does, I think, feel a little bit bad that we will have fewer cards to potentially play with in the future. I, I, I did mention this yesterday, and I don't, or not yesterday, last uh, last week uh, when we were discussing it, and it is a bummer. Like it, it, it kind of feels bad, but I think the framing of it is important. Um, first of all, uh, as we talked about, is nerfing a card to the point of non-existence any different in terms of the outcome compared to banning a card? Probably not if that card's not seen played. Um, in the wild format, we have a wider card pool than than standard, so we already get more cards at our disposal. It's a bummer that we get fewer new cards, but like, just based on the power level of cards that are released, it's an inherent part of a, a eternal format that we get fewer cards effectively with each expansion because they're they're just going to be some that were present or that are 
released with the power level of standard in mind that just cannot see play in a wild because they're not good cards. So like it's it's the same thing there. So it it feels bad to have something taken away from you, but does that feel worse than playing against a bunch of Steeler Soul Warlocks all day? Like that's the question that I would pose as a um as a retort to that is which one feels worse? Having one less card when you know, as part of the format, you're already sort of getting fewer cards anyway because of the the relative power level. Does that feel worse than you know non games that come out of a card like a uh, Steel of Souls? I yeah, I, I don't I don't care in the slightest. Like <laughs> like I, I'm sorry. Like I just could not care less about. Um, <laughs> oh, they took one card away out of my 33 after it got like played in a deck that was worth banning. Um, like, I don't care. I, it, it makes my experience better. The majority of cards don't see play anyway in Wild. We have thousands and thousands of things. One thirty-fifth of something getting taken away from me. Or, like, in a full expansion, one out of 135 cards. <laughs> I don't care. Um, I realize other people care. I don't. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's harsh, but yeah. No, yeah. The the result is that I don't care. Uh, I, yes. I, like, I'm happier <laughs> with the ban. But I understand at the same point that, like... From a player perspective, especially for the wild format, where it already feels like less attention is being paid, um, it, like it's human nature to feel worse about having something taken away from you than not having that thing given to you to begin with. So I understand the people's reaction and the player base's reaction to this. I would just ask them to, again, reframe the situation and pose that question, well, is having one less card worse than um, than playing against a bunch of Steel or Soul decks? And I would say... No, no, it's not. Uh, I, 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 I want to play greedy decks on ladder every once in a while. I don't, you know, I don't want to lose on turn five, and I don't want my opponent to concede because they didn't draw their cards in the right order off a plot twist. I feel like that's just a really dumb way to play a card game. All right, I think one last con that I want to pose that I saw brought up. We kind of maybe pose it as a pro. Um, they get to take more risk now. Right now that they have this emergency ban option for cards, they get to take more risk for cards in standard, right? That have the potential to do dumb things now in wild, because if it's too dumb, we can ban it. And do you think that this maybe is going to have an influence on card design moving forward? Where okay, well now every expansion we're going to have something that does something super broken, super dumb, and you know. We're just if it's strong enough, we'll ban it. Or if it's ubiquitous enough, ubiquitous enough, we'll ban it. If not, then it's like there in the format. And is that necessarily a bad thing? <laughs> is another question that I'll pose to that. But um, but yeah, your thoughts to that? I had this discussion at length today on my stream, and I would not position that as a con at all. Hearthstone is seven years old. What eight ish? I don't know. Hearthstone is an old game. If they're just releasing cards that have repetitive mechanics and aren't interesting enough to potentially break wild, the game's going to get stale. Like, I want the design team to feel like they can take risks with the card because risks are how you get interesting cards. Sometimes the result of that is going to be a broken format, and sometimes that format is going to be wild and is going to be very broken when it happens. But I would rather them take the risk and I'll just stomach it for a week and then know that they have a solution to that. Like, again, I, for the, for the health of the game, I think we want the designers to take risks because risks are necessary for interesting cards. Like, 
Like the potential for mana cheating creates fun things in Hearthstone. It also has the potential to create like obnoxious broken things. So I don't want them to I don't know, be too conservative with some of the cards that they release because that's um, how you can get some fun new mechanics. So uh, I would position that as a as a good thing. I I like the fact that they now, as a team, have a solution to when something is inevitably broken and wild because given the expanded card pool, it's only going to happen more frequently and we've only been seeing it happen more frequently. Now we have a timely reaction to that when it does happen. I think even if you frame it as a negative for wild because you think that, okay, if they're making more risk, it means that there's more cards being taken away, and I don't like that. And it also means that more often we're going to be suffering through a weak expansion launch of Steeler stuff. Even if that's true, it still makes it better, I think, for the game as a whole with, like, standard in mind. Um, and so overall, as a wild player, it might suck slightly. Like, I can see how someone might feel like that. But I think for the health of the game overall, but again, even in wild, I still see it as a positive, for, personally. Like, I still think it's great. Uh, I just think that, overall, it can only really be a good thing. And how many people are really introduced to Hearthstone through the wild format, too? So that's a consideration that we need to have, too. Like, yeah, established players maybe move over to wild um, as their cards rotate. But I would venture to guess that not a lot of the new players are immediately attached to wild just because they're they're joining the game later and they don't have the backlog of cards to to fill in so um you know you need exciting mechanics to gain um you know new or even sometimes returning players that might then want to revisit the wild format to see some of their old cards that they do have uh when they log back into their account so i yeah i agree that they're there's more to Hearthstone uh, than the wild format, but even through the lens of just the wild format, I think like risk taking with card design is a good thing. And I, I would also kind of add on to this is like, yeah, we're worried about the fringe case scenarios where it does break the format, but I feel like every time you get one card that breaks the format, you're going to have maybe two or three that create or enhance really interesting archetypes. I think, like, I mean, Primal Dungeoneer could have been a risky card, right? Giving a class whose only weakness is card draw, really, and giving it really, really powerful card draw had the potential to be risky, right? I, it's a little bit of a, maybe not the same case scenario as Sealer of Souls of the effect that it's having, but I think just from this mini set, we had a ban-worthy card, but we also had this really, really powerful, interesting card that get, got introduced. And I feel like if you allow them to take more risk, you'll yeah, you'll have one that gets banned every once in a while, but you'll also have two or three or four that create really, really interesting decks or really, really interesting cards for specific archetypes. So I, I, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I don't really necessarily think this is a con. This is just something that I saw brought up as a con uh, to, to the ban announcement, and so I wanted to bring that up. Um, but yeah, I, I think we, we witnessed history on Friday, right? Um, this will go down as the first ban in Hearthstone history. Hopefully not Ooh. of many, but... <laughs> So that that's our little conversation about the ban. Um, I, I do want to go ahead, not to get anybody's hopes up, but they did say patch notes will be shared on Tuesday. Um, maybe maybe there will be some other interesting goodies for us in that patch. Um, highly doubt it, but maybe. Fingers crossed. Uh, but the patch itself is going to go live on Wednesday. So we have three or four more days uh, of Steeler Warlock, but I think as a community we can get through it together. 
Um, either get all your games in while you can, or just don't play the game um, for the next three or four days and come back on Wednesday once it's uh, once it's patched out of the game. Um, but yeah, so other than the ban, uh, we've had another week to kind of see how the meta itself has developed post uh, post mini set. I know it really just feels like Shaman versus Steeler Warlocks as like the only two things that have come out of the mini set. Um, but Corbett, I know you uh, you love HS Replay. You love the stats. Are there anything out there? Is there anything out there that looks really, really good post-mini-set, now that the meta's had a little bit of time to settle, that we should be paying more attention to? Yeah, like, I, I think obviously there's the Steeler stuff, right? And um, we, should, we should at least acknowledge what happened with Steeler, like, po- like post-expansion launch, uh, before we get into some of the other things. So uh, the thing that happened with Steeler is it came out of the gates with, like, a 30% play rate at legend or like diamond and up um and then it kind of declined and then it completely leveled out and i i think that's obviously why the team probably felt they had to ban this thing because it wasn't declining <laughs> like the deck uh the deck had settled out at about a 18 to 20 percent play rate a lot of the time at like higher ranks and it wasn't going down anymore after those first few days so Steeler warlock obviously being the big thing and it wasn't going away but in terms of like other things that we got um shaman shaman's actually really good i think and it's kind of bizarre where it doesn't really matter how you want to do it whether you want to do it in a pure shadow walk build if you want to do it with like galakrond and probably can do it in other ways if you play like elementals the new elemental package that we got with primal dungeoneer and you play toxfin flurgle and ice fishing apparently you just have a good deck which is very baffling to me and not at all what i was expecting (laughs) But Shaman decks have really good win rates right now. Like, really, really good. Um, I look at this stuff every expansion, and I think, based on the, like what I always see, it feels like there's zero chance that this deck isn't, like, tier 2 or, like, higher. It, it's really weird. Yeah, so you're talking about, like, all kinds of, like, Shaman decks, right? So specifically, yeah, like, the slower Shaman decks, but... Yeah, the, specifically, this list posted from uh, Kronos. Um, he he posted a Galakrond, uh, a Galakrond elemental deck that caught on. Um, it wasn't playing Devoted Maniac. It wasn't playing Shield of Galakrond. It was running Kazakus. Um, but that deck has a really good win rate, and I think it can also be refined a bit further. But so that deck is one of the best in the format, apparently, on Pages Replay. Um, but there's also other things like a normal Shadow Walk build that's like pure combo, running like double Saronite. Um, running like dirty rats things like that and that deck is also doing really well um so i i have i'm baffled to be honest i didn't think this was gonna be happening i didn't think i'd be looking at this stuff because decks that have this high win rate this early like yeah it's a 100 percent trustworthy things change but it's pretty impossible for it to become like bad and not just be outright good so these decks are solid no matter how you want to do it and there might be more shells like i said there's only these two but i think shaman as a whole has a lot of room for exploration well i think something interesting about this too is these decks aren't ending the game on turn five or six either so they may be like are are they really benefiting from a 20 percent soul steel or steel or souls warlock uh metagame right now so like is there is there potential upside when we lose the Stealer of Souls decks, I guess is my question. Um, yeah, at the moment they look okay, but not great into Warlock. It depends on what build exactly. Um, they, because they do have that Flurgle Toxin package, and so while they can get blown up by the Mechathune, they do have like a really, really clean answer into like the make a big board version of the deck, where it goes all in and 
you know, vomits out Malganus, and then you're just like, oh, it's local toxin. Um, <laughs> but it does have weaknesses overall. It doesn't seem like the Charmer decks are great into Mage, specifically probably Secret Mage, because it just gets under it and bursts it down, doesn't have healing. Um, but like a lot of these Galakron decks, they look very well-rounded. They have, like, a pretty even keel matchup spread. You know, mid-rangey stuff, they handle aggro well. They put on just enough pressure that they don't, like, auto-lose to Priest. Um, this thing's running, like, Lilypad Lurker, so you, you have, like, a bit more game against, like, big decks. Um, they're just, like, very well-rounded overall. And definitely, I think, like, once Steeler goes away, players will probably be more willing to play these decks because even if they're good right now, they might feel bad to lose to Mechathun. Like, they're not very fun to get comboed off and die. Um, and so, you know, if there's a lot less of that going around, players are probably going to be more willing to play some of that slower stuff. Yeah, I've actually been having a lot of success with a variety of Shaman decks, right? So I've been playing Aggro Shaman with the new Wailing Vapor that's been really, really strong uh, with a Primal Dungeoneer draw engine. But, like, I I think this last week I have played, like, 10 or 11 different decks, and I think 8 or 9 of them were different varieties of Shaman, uh, just because <laughs> Primal Dungeoneer allows so much random stuff to be viable. Like, I've played a Shutterwalk build. I don't think the Shutterwalk, pure Shutterwalk stuff is good, but I have played it. Um, I've played a lot of the Galakron Shutterwalk shells, so I've played like an Evolve version, a Jade version, um, like seven or eight different versions of the deck. So like, I think like an Evolve shell with Primal Dungeoneer is something to keep an eye on because Evolve itself and Mutate are both nature spells. Um, not Revolve, don't run Revolve because it's not nature. Run Evolve and Mutate. Um, but, but yeah, dude, I, I'm excited for this Warlock band because I feel like Shaman itself is just going to be... Whew, it's gonna be fun, and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if it can stay on top once people actually like realize like that it's powerful and start playing stuff that is good against it. Um, I've been assuming stuff like Odd Warrior. If, if you're not playing the pure combo build, is probably pretty good into this Shaman decks. Um, Rena Priest as well. I, I'm not sure how that matchup feels. It, it's felt pretty miserable from the Shaman end, but maybe that's because I've been getting pull kilted on five, but. Um, I will say the one thing that I have seen a lot of shamans do that I think we need to stop doing is stop running Mutanus in your shaman decks because you're screwing up the one reason that the class is good, which is the ice fishing Toxwin Flurkle, and you're screwing that up by running Mutanus. So please I'm, don't run I, that in your deck. It's like actively hindering your win rate. Please stop. No, I just I like eating minions from my opponent's hand. You're not going to stop me from playing. No, that. this is going to be another Ticketus scenario okay, no, where like okay, well hear me out. What if we also run Zola so that you can bounce the the Mutanus? Then you get two. Mm -hmm. Think about it. I'm thinking about it, and Raffle, I hate you. Please <laughs> stop giving people ideas. No, I I think that I think Ticketus is a fair comparison because it has not only is it like not a good card when you play it, um, but it has that same anti synergy with uh, Ice Fishing that Ticketus has with Void Caller, which is like. Again, Void Caller is the thing that makes Warlock and specifically Reno Lock good. Uh, so you're you're making that good thing less consistent to add a bad thing that's bad independently. So like, yeah, no. If you want to win games, stop running Mutanus. I like, I like. It's fun. I enjoy it, but I know that it's making my deck worse when I when I do run it. Like, um, I. I... I... Uh oh. Don't you I, dare tell me! Back. Don't you dare tell me that people should be running. No, Corbett, don't well, you dare. I, I would, I would want to look at the math. No, like, don't, saying, don't do it. I, I would, I would want to look at the numbers and say, like, no. okay, if you run a third Murloc, um, with the ice fishing, how much 
how often does that actually hinder you from getting like the two card combo? Because I mean, if you get the ice fishing and you already draw a murloc, then you still get the two Stop. pieces in hand. So that was, um, I thought about I, that as well, because like I, it's one less potential dead card or like you draw one additional card from the ice fishing. But like yeah. the, the question then I think you need to ask yourself is, well, is Mutanus, like is drawing Mutanus first of all, a good thing? Second of all, is it better than um, you, you know having your other Murloc be something like a Prize Vendor or a Cold Blight Oracle? Just instead, if you're depending on what type of build you're running, like if you're going to run a third Murloc, why does it have to be a seven mana Murloc? Um, I guess would be my follow up to know. that. Because you get to eat minions from your opponent's hand. Yeah, I, I think Mutanus does have some value as like um, in a in a Shadow Walk deck type thing. Um, like, I, I don't think the card is hopeless, and if it is, like, a free draw sometimes to make that ice fishing consistent... Again, I want to actually just look at the math before I commit one way or the other. Uh, I'm just going to be on the fence on this one. You guys can take the fall if Mutanus ends up being correct and stuff, whatever, it's fine. I'm, uh, I'm that, out of the clear. That, that's fair. I'm willing, to, I'm willing to take the risk that I, that I die <laughs> on my hill. But I'm also willing to take the risk that it, um, the card's bad and I continue playing it because it's fun. Like, I like chowing down on my opponent's minions. So, like, you know, win, all right. Either way, yeah. I'm going to keep playing the card. I don't care if it's if it's good or not. Yeah. I'm notorious for hating fun. Um, and I'm also notorious for hating when people mutanus me. And so, I, I, I really don't think that it's good. I Obviously, this is my impression from playing a lot of Shaman and playing against a lot of Shaman. Where, like, only in the, like, Reno Shutterwalk Shaman mirrors does the Mutantus feel like it matters, right? Very similar to, like, Ticketus feels like it only really matters in the control mirrors, which is just not super prevalent in our format. Um, and so, yeah. I, I, again, Corbett, once I, you run the numbers, let me know. But I, I am on the boat of, like, I don't think that the card is good. I get that it's fun, but I hate fun, and so please stop running Mutantus, okay? I, I talked about this a little bit last week, and first, like, as an aside for me, Tannis, I had a weird thing going on today where I, I was absolutely playing him, and every single time myself or my opponent played the Mutanus, he ate another Murloc. Like, he was just cannibalizing other Murlocs. Oh, like, I had Mutanuses eating Mutanus, as well as, uh, in both directions, Mutanus eating Cold Light Oracle. It's this bizarre scenario where no matter how many minions were in hand, he always ate a Murloc. But, um, I think that something that was brought up last week, and... I want to reemphasize about Mutanus is that I do not think he is an anti-combo card. And so if you are running him, I could see it as a response to maybe some of these Shutterwalk decks catching on rather than um, rather than as a way to disrupt a, you know, a Reno Priest or um, a, a specifically like a Maligos or Celestial Druid. The reason being is that at seven mana, he's just too slow to like actually snipe a win condition with how the speed at which um, you know wild decks actually combo. Maybe he hits a Mazaki if you get lucky, but they have a lot of redundancy in the minions that they hold in hand. Where he tends to shine is just removing resources from the opponent, just as like and in a controlled mirror. Like in if Reno Mage comes back uh, to a lesser extent, if Reno Priest comes back, just because. You know, at worst, he um, he eats a ping from the the opponent's hand from uh, the the late game damage. I could see Mutanus being relevant just as a way to remove a resource from the opponent, like a, not as like a to snipe a combo piece. I don't think that's realistic for him. All right. All right. So besides the the shaman, so I, I'm again before we move on, 
I am very excited that they printed Primal Dungeoneer. Like, I absolutely love this card. And it. I think last week we talked about how it had single-handedly kind of brought back Shaman and Standard. Um, it, I think, honestly, has kind of single-handedly brought back Shaman and Wild as well. Um, for us, it's a little bit different, right? We're not... There are some decks that are using it as the three-mana draw, too. But I think it's also... Corvette brought this up, and the more I thought about it, the more I really, really liked it. Just as a way to tutor spells in Shaman, right? So tutor the Ice Fishing, tutor, um, if you're running the Galakrond, like, tutor the Invocation of Frost. If you're running a Shutterwalk build, you can, like, tutor specific spells. Um, and, and I think going in with both mindsets has been really, really kind of eye-opening for how powerful that card can be. And I, I, I will say that I think it single-handedly brought back Shaman in our format as well. Yeah, and I think that, like you alluded to earlier, it was maybe a risky card to print for that reason because it's like it's like a dragon adoperative type card where, like, it it is incredibly broken for its time, um, and really it was kind of like that. <laughs> it, it was that meme of like deck broken. Let's slap this bad boy on there. That'll seal <laughs> it up. And the operative was was kind of the same way. Um, but yeah, like it's. It's made. I've been playing almost. Exclu- I, I can't stop playing shaman either. I have to like make an effort to play other classes just because I want to sh- uh, shove a primal dungeoneer on three every game or whatever turn I I have it. Like, um, yeah, like, I've been playing a lot of shaman. The the aggro elemental shaman is incredible for like thirteen hundred dust. Like, I could not stop winning games with that deck. And they, then on top of that, there's a lot of fun things that you can do just with the the way shaman. Um, kind of is as a as a class with the Shutterwalk potential and whatnot. So yeah, Primal Dungeoneer is awesome. Shaman is uh, a lot of fun and um, cool card. All right, Corbett, hit us up with the rest of this meta report. What else is looking really, really strong post-miniset? Oh, uh, new cards? Um, all right, that's the entire report for the new cards. Um, <laughs> in terms of like old stuff, though, I mean... It's mostly, like, things that do well against Steeler Warlock. Like, Steeler Warlock population, like I said, it's still very, very high. It didn't decline um, nearly as hard as I was anticipating and things like that. And so the stuff that wins is currently, you know, Secret Mage is really good. Odd DH is quite solid. Odd Paladin. Um, <laughs> like, those kinds of decks, like Pirate Warrior, Dark Glare Warlock, still really good. Um, a whole bunch of stuff like that. So same old, same old for the most part. Um, the Priest win rates look not great, but they'll bounce back, I'm pretty sure. Like, Reno Priest in particular, um, looks pretty iffy right now, but eh, it'll come back. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's not really too different. Like, the, the biggest thing as well isn't just, like, the new cards. We also got Paladin nerfs. I know it's so easy to forget that part. Um, but Paladin... Uh, hand buff is like completely gone from ladder like it really doesn't exist that much the tiny info that we can see on hand buff paladin looks pretty not good like at a completely scuffed guess I would say it's probably just below that or around that 50% win rate which is a massive fall from where it was Um, so it'll probably be still playable but yeah those uh, multiple nerfs have kind of done their damage there but yeah, apart from that, it's mostly the same kind of meta that we saw prior to the expansion launch, where a whole bunch of aggressive decks are good. We kind of know what those are. And then now we have Shaman kind of hanging out. And we'll see how things go once Warlock, um, you know, once the ban, ha- once the ban happens. And, uh, you know, things probably slow down a little bit. 
Yeah, so back to what kind of dark layer meta with shaman. It's like, yeah, maybe some shaman mixed in. I mean, shaman um, can actually handle that matchup pretty well because of the toxin. Uh, like, if you're... Again, what you were saying with, like, the Primal Dungeoneer and how this tutors a spell, um, I really like running very, very few spells in those decks where it can be, like, just two nature spells and the ice fishing. And that, or, or like, maybe maybe a little bit more than that if you're running, like, you know, Galakrond and you run, like, two frost, two nature, ice fishing. And because that just means that your ice fishing is really consistently drawn. Hmm. And, like, that's the most powerful thing you can do in Shaman. It's the most powerful thing, like, one of the most powerful things you can do in Wild. And the fact that you do have that, like, little half-tutor for it is pretty nuts. So It reminds me yeah. a lot of, like, Bear of Risky with Ankar, yep. right? Um, except this is Great just, like, comparison. it tutors both yeah. pieces, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, God, I can't stop gushing about Shaman. I'm so excited about it. Like, I'm a little bit sad about Handball Paladin. You know, like, it finally got yeah. its time in the limelight, and then, like, boom, hit with, like, six different nerfs, and poor bodybuilder, man. That's all I gotta say. I know you guys were like, he had his time in the light, but damn, dude, it feels really bad to have your favorite deck get gutted like that. Like, absolutely no, I, gutted. It, hey, it really I suffered. Gutted. I, I got 8pm mage nerfed me out. Come on. I, I've <laughs> suffered. I know the feeling. Uh, and we move on. We, we, we never forget, though, the fun times that we, um you know, played Hand of a Dahl on turn two. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was gonna say, like, the, the first day of school is the obvious, like, hard hit, but the subtle change to Hand of a Doll just feels bad. That extra health really matters in it terms looks of... weird. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like, weird. when you say it on the board, it looks strange. It looks weird, and, like, like the health gave you the ability to, you know, dictate trades so cleanly that, like, it just... it It's a good card still, because, it, you know, it does a lot of things, and it draws you a card. But it is significantly worse just losing that one extra hit point. I think that that might be that might have been more impactful than losing an extra attack just because you can value trade less frequently and like, um, you know, it used to replace itself and then allow that minion to go maybe two or three for one. Now, if it's only going, um, you know, one for one, you're getting a little bit less off of it. So probably a necessary change, uh, both for for standard and wild because I, I mean Hambuff Paladin was pretty not necessary outrageous. for wild. Don't do that. It, not necessary okay. for wild. <laughs> do we need to go back to the I'm, most recent BS report? My, is that, my is Libra like, Paladin, we... dude. Okay, Hambo Paladin got hit enough. <laughs> I played Libra Paladin and I played a hand of a doll on a 1/3 and it just looked so so wrong seeing a 3/4 Aldor attendant. Like I really wish that it was like plus 1 plus 2, like like you mentioned. I think just the extra health would have been so much nicer. But also, yeah. it looks so weird to see these, like, cycle of two-mana buff cards and it not be plus two, plus two. Like, I think that's the thing that throws me off. Where, like, I just keep looking at it, and I'm like, this this is just ugly. I, I can't... There was... Yeah, I don't know if you guys were playing when uh, Novice Engineer got nerfed, but it was kind of the, the similar feeling. It's just like, why does it look this way? Why is there one less health than there should be on this <laughs> card? Like... Um, and uh, similarly, it took the card from like literally being an auto include in every deck to just un almost unplayable outside of like specific combo decks. So one health makes a real big difference. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a really good line in the last standard VS report, where it was like up is down, down is up, shaman is paladin, and paladin is shaman. And that's just, <laughs> that's just kind of a you know a good summary of where we're at after the you know the nerfs and things like that. Um, paladin paladin standard looks pretty not great like it, it has a couple decks that are tier three they're okay i doubt they'll like revert anything 
Um, they, but they might have gone a little too hard on Paladin. Yeah. You know, they might have been a little, maybe just just the uh, first day or third day, yeah. or um, Hand of a Dial. They probably didn't need to do both. But you know, it makes sense. They didn't want Paladin still be running around a dominance. So they didn't want to take that risk. Um, and with the it, mini set. Yeah, and like in Wild, Odd, Odd Paladin is still a very. Oh good. yeah. So it's not really like the class. It's not like the class is dead in wild. It's doing yeah. just fine. <laughs> yeah, I think Tax Paladin also a super underrated deck. By the way, uh, we haven't talked about it in, in a while, but the Agra Rally Pally, best name deck Ooh. in Hearthstone. Um, Agra that got Hand of a Dial nerfed as well. So I, don't I know, know, I know. I I do so think that it's still know. really good. Like you run Call to Arms. Yeah, you're more likely. Right, you're running Call to Arms, and you're more likely just to want to like shove a mini bot onto than uh, buff a Righteous Protector anyway. So, I think that the deck, honestly, probably doesn't get hit quite as because it really is fairly limited in terms of its uh, turn one plays anyway. So, um, just by nature of not wanting to dilute the uh, the Call to Arms pool too much, so I think it's still uh, probably well positioned. But um, yeah, I mean, nerfs hurt regardless of uh, how. <laughs> you know relatively small they are they still uh they still you know you make a card in a deck worse the deck gets worse yeah. all right so that's gonna wrap up our conversation about the meta and again we have a ban coming wednesday it'll be interesting to see if it kind of reverts back to what we were thinking right with dark lord dominating the format again and a bunch of decks kind of doing a variety of strategies behind it or does you yeah. know the shaman inclusion to the metagame kind of shake things up more than we might be expecting who knows uh time time will tell wednesday can't get here soon enough uh but yeah i think that's gonna wrap it up for our podcast this week we uh we appreciate all of you guys listening all the way through to the end uh, and again corvette and ralph thank you again for joining me uh let the people know where they can find you guys you can find me at rafflehs on twitter and instagram and uh at raffle on twitch and youtube and guys you can find me at corvette games on twitter twitch um yeah, YouTube, totally. Lots of videos <laughs> on that platform. Um, but thank you guys very much. Make sure, you know, come come join the Discord and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to continue with this uh, podcast, community, yeah. Discord, make sure you guys join that. Uh, of course, check out our patreon.com slash state of the wild if you guys want to support the content even further. Appreciate all of you guys for uh, for checking it out week after week. Don't forget about the tournament coming next weekend. It's also our 50th episode, which is kind of insane, right? Like, Corbett's been on for 45 episodes raffle's been on for about five next week right it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun we'll, we'll figure out something special for for 50 or maybe we'll do 51 just to be you know weird and unique like that we'll see mm. um but yeah we appreciate all of you guys for sticking around not only all the way to the end of this episode but for 49 great episodes uh you know in the past appreciate all of you guys for hanging out and we hope you guys you know are enjoying the wild hearthstone meta and are looking forward to this nerf <laughs> shaking things up again and we will see you guys again next week all right later